Ladies and gentlemen, BGEs and Gucci's alike, thank you for joining us here at the Aftershock Podcast. We're back today with the exciting conclusion of our conversation with Bo. So without further ado, let's rejoin the conversation. So would you say in that world that most of the time, if you're paying more, it's actually worth it? To a degree. To a degree, there is. I mean, it depends on what you're buying. There's going to come a point of diminished returns. For example, you can go and buy a Lamborghini and it can cost you a million dollars and it's going to drive you from point A to point B really fast, but you're not going to be able to hit any bumps. You're going to have extremely expensive tires and the cost of oil change is going to be the same as a, you know, a house paint. Or you can buy, you know, a, let's say a Chevy Silverado and it's going to cost you $50,000. It's four wheel drive. It's not as fancy. You'll still get from point A to point B and, you know, you still have be able to hit bumps. You won't be able to go as fast and you won't look as cool. So it's kind of that cool guy factor, you know, versus function versus uh, what you can afford. Mm. Um, Like I said earlier, if all you can afford is a high point, I would rather you still save up a little bit more money and maybe buy a Ruger or use Smith and Wesson. But, you know, if, if you can't, if you absolutely can't, you have to defend yourself, get, get what you can to defend yourself. Is there going to be better stuff? Yes. Will there be stuff that's more accurate? Yes. Will there be stuff that is more reliable? Yes. But you're going to get to a point of diminished returns. A Nighthawk, I freaking love them. I love a Nighthawk. They're $3,500. At some point, is a Nighthawk at $3,500 really worth that much more than a thousand dollar Colt or a thousand dollar Springfield TRP or a thousand. I mean, you're talking 2,500. You could literally buy three of these guns for one of this one. Now it's really cool. It's really nice. It's, you know, hand fitted. It's a high quality piece of gun. It's going to be worth more in the long run, but I, let's just say, for example, buy three Springfield TRPs, and I have all three of them sitting in my, you know, closet and I shoot one until it's absolutely worn out. And then I grab a new one and I shoot it until it's absolutely worn out and breaks. And then I grab the third one and shoot it. And what kind of shape is that Nighthawk going to be if I shot it the same amount of times? Would I, I, I think that they're awesome. I would own one in a heartbeat, but there's diminished returns on them uh, just because of the fact they're so expensive. It's like right now with an AK love AK rifles. If you know me, you know, I have been a AK fan and I have fought for the AKs ever since we've been on Facebook with the group. Mm -hmm. I've always been a pro AK. I'll tell you right now, don't buy an AK. There's no reason. An AK is not a $1,200 gun. You know, if it's something special, limited edition, maybe, but even then, I mean, it's a diminished return on it. You could buy Instead of a $1,200 AK, buy a used SKS for 300 bucks and spend the rest of the money on ammo or other gear that you need or training or even just hold on to it so that you've got something in case a rainy day happens. Mm-hmm. So, yes and no. You, you do need to buy the highest quality gear that you can afford and still have the ability to maintain training and to uh, maintain your security. So, 
you need to find that balance for you. And it's going to be different for each person. You know, for me, I've got a very well-made AK and I've got a Palmetto State Armory AR. A lot of people would be like, man, you can't trust that Palmetto. I've got this Daniel Defense and it's super badass. Well, to me, personally, there is diminished returns between a Palmetto State Armory and a Daniel's Defense. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying Daniel's Defense is bad. I'm not saying Palmetto is the end-all, be-all. But there, there comes a point of diminished returns between the two right. of them. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that one. My AR, I Frankenstein together and all that. And I will say I probably didn't go the cheapest on everything, but that was kind of where I started. And not curse it. I haven't had any issues. And that's actually my work gun. So I get it out, it gets trained with, and it's treated me just fine. I mean, of course, back then it was probably sub, probably sub $500 I put into that thing. I'm sure it'd be a lot more now, but you know, it's, <laughs> it just depends what you get, what you get, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, it's also going to depend on what you're doing with it. Like, for example, you know, Chris Costa, I talked to him when I had his class. He shoots somewhere in the neighborhood of close to 100,000 rounds a year between pistol and rifle. Someone like that probably, they probably would wear out a Palmetto State Armory. They mm -hmm. probably would wear out, you know, several Glocks. That's why right. he has 20 of them or whatever. Yeah. That's probably why he has Noveski guns, you know. But for the average person, especially for someone who's like, this is my shit hits the fan rifle, you know, really, are you sure you need to put yourself in the poorhouse to get this versus that? Mm -hmm. And that, that whole, it's just as good. You see that a lot on the, the internet, the whole, it's just as good meme. And it's usually the people who have spent too much money on their gun <laughs> trying to downgrade the guy who didn't spend that much on his and he's like oh sure it's just as good uh-huh mm. you say that all the time and you know instead of instead of bashing or instead of screwing over the fellow gun guy right now this is the time that we need to be together the most mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah i can i can attest to the to the ar game my my first ar was a it's a r guns mm -hmm. has fixed sights and that thing is a tack driver i mean it'll it'll just put one hole inside the next hole and then the first ar that i built had a lot of uh, a lot of noveski parts on it probably uh changed everything out a couple times probably about three grand into that gun and that our guns probably shoots better than the noveski build but i mean it's you know, I built it the way I wanted it with the parts yeah. that I wanted. It took, I want to say about three years for me to, you know, find what I liked and ordered it. Maybe I didn't like that trigger. So I ordered, you know, waited three months, ordered another one. You know, it took three years to build that gun and I like it. And that's probably the first one I'd grab out of the safe if I needed it. But every time I go to the range without our guns, man, that, that thing just, you know, at 50 to a hundred yards, that thing just is a tack driver. Yeah, and that, and that was, 
I mean, 600 bucks, maybe 500 at the time. I mean, that thing's just a workhorse. And that's that whole diminished returns I was talking about. You, you built something that you like and that you love, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you didn't only do that. You know what I mean? That's where people get wrapped up is they will only focus on one thing. They will only get that $3,000 gun. They will only get that $3,000 night vision set up. And then, you know, they're, they're still running everything else subpar, or maybe they're so heavy into the gear that they've overlooked the food. They've overlooked, you know, A, B, or C. Now, there are people who are totally squared away. And, you know, if you're totally squared away, and you got the disposable income to, to build a $3,000 gun, build a $3,000 gun. If I had the disposable income and I was totally squared away, I would probably have me a freaking 50 cal some, of some sort, even though I've got nowhere long range to shoot. I live in the middle of the forest. I live in the Ozark National Forest. I mean, you're lucky to get a 100-yard shot on a deer you know, you got to hunt to find a place where you can shoot 200 yards. A 50 cal would technically not do me any good, but if I had disposable income and everything else was squared away, I might fall into that. Yeah, those those expensive guns are nice. They're fun. I've got a, a few ARs in the uh, in the safe, but see two of them, I think, are, are Palmetto State Uppers, Anderson Lowers. I mean, and they work. I mean, they work. They do the Honestly, job. The, the people who get so wrapped up on what role mark is on a lower just blows me away. If you've got a lower that's out of spec, it's out of spec. It's either in spec or it's out of spec. There's no in between. So if your lower is in spec, guess what? It's going to work. It doesn't matter if it says Anderson or Arrow or Colt or mm-hmm. Noveski or Daniel's Defense or any other company. If it's in spec, it's going to work. If it's out of spec, it won't work. If it started out in spec and you shot it until it's no longer in spec and it was a $60 Anderson, I guarantee you, you got more than $60 worth of use out of it. So if it's out of spec and it's no longer working, go get another $60 Anderson because it probably lasted you a really long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Anderson's local to me and I've seen... At, at AM Surplus, uh, they had the blemished lowers for 30 bucks, 25 bucks. Oh, man. On sale? I'm, I'm sitting on three lowers right now, just waiting for peop- for prices to not be crazy. Yeah. Uh, and all three of them are Anderson. I've got, I've got a Palmetto lower on my SBR, and then I've got three lowers just sitting waiting. And I plan on doing like a, probably a, a pistol a uh, 20 inch rifle. And then on the third one, I'm thinking I want to do like a 350 legend just to have something a little different. Yeah. I've got two, I got two in, in the safe Anderson's. So. I think I have an Anderson lower sitting around waiting for parts as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's those poverty ponies, baby. Actually, actually, I think that one was your fault, your fault, Bill. I think you got on the discord <laughs> or something and said something about a sale probably about a month ago month or two ago might have been a couple yeah. months ago and i, I was I like say they were like 39 bucks or something. something yeah something like that and i was like you know what I, I should probably get some just to just to have just in case and who knows i mean i always have the itch to build something so <laughs> yeah well that's you know 
that, that kind of rolls back to the, the AR AK thing and the price of them right now. And AR to me is probably a 600 to a thousand dollar gun. If you mm-hmm. go over a thousand dollars, you're probably, and I, I, unless, and I'll, I'll put this out there, unless you are a contractor or someone who depends on that rifle on a daily basis, Right. If you spend more than a thousand dollars on your AR, you're probably just buying shit that you like, right? Not necessarily shit that you need. Now, an AK to me is about a about a five hundred dollar gun. There's nothing wrong with it at five hundred dollars. They will chug along. They will last forever. They, you know, mine has a chrome line bore. It's cold hammer forged barrel. Uh, it's uh, actual Hungarian made, you know, early, early Hungarian import. And it's like a $500 gun before I SBR'd it. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, it, that's, that's, it's a great gun at $500. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't spend $1,200 on this gun. Right. Uh, and, and then especially not 1200 on it and then another 200 to do an SBR. It's just that, they're overpriced right now. Mm-hmm. ARs have been underpriced until Biden came in and then they became overpriced as well. Right. You know, uh, I, I noticed the other day that uh, Palmetto had dropped some of their prices down to about three or $400 for a kit, about 400 for a kit. And that's a, a fair price, 400 for a kit. Plus you're lower. You're looking at a $500 gun. That's probably going to do you pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, Versus maybe going out and buying an $800 Smith or, you know, something like that. So I don't know, but I I just, I just think people get too wrapped up and the minutia of it and they, they end up, they just end up stuck in their own little world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The the supplies turning around and coming back around here. So the prices are coming down a little bit on the ar stuff so that's that's nice i'd like ammo to catch up and and, uh, oh gosh and the price drop on that but i mean at least the guns are coming back that's Mm -hmm. i mean aim surplus they have stock there's there's pistols in their cases there's you know ars on their website so it's it's nice to see that right now is a good time, a good example of why you should have extra ammo set back mm-hmm. and why it should be part of your preps. Now, the reason being, you you could still buy ammo, but it's going to be more expensive. Nine millimeter right now is somewhere between 60 cents to a dollar a round. Everybody knows that's ridiculous. I was reloading nine for about six to eight cents, and I was buying it for 10 to 15 before all this happened, yeah. I luckily had nine millimeters stuck back and I had prepared to a degree to where I could still kind of shoot, but I'm still not going crazy. I haven't bought any ammo in these crazy prices and I refuse to, you know, luckily I had some ammo stashed, but that's where, that's where it's, it's prepping versus fantasy. The fantasy of I'm going to hold off the whole daggum town with my 10,000 rounds or my pallet or my, my drum. I mean, we've been seeing them sell the drums, you know, for a little while now you see them online, you know, buy a drum of five, five, six and get it delivered to your house. You know, I mean, that would be cool as shit. Don't get me wrong, 
it'd be awesome to have that and just invite everybody over for a range day or something be like yeah just load up your mags and go online you know but it's not really realistic what are you going to do with that how are you going to transport that if something bad actually happened and it doesn't have to be true end of the world and look at katrina you know katrina came through forced people out of their houses for a long time there were nefarious people going through houses Mm -hmm. a long time before law enforcement ever was able to make it to them these people were loaded up in boats going in houses you know wading through all of that nasty shit because they wanted a chance to steal something you know are you going to be able to get all of your stuff out you know luckily the people who had the ability to they did leave but they still lost a lot of stuff so, I mean, you're talking about, you know, a natural disaster caused that. It doesn't have to be that freaking Yellowstone blows up and now the whole West Coast is slid off into the ocean. Fingers crossed that that happens. Uh, I mean, nothing. that'd be nice. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it's... <sighs> It doesn't have to be so crazy. It can be something more realistic and people need to get to where they're looking at it in a more realistic way. I mean, that that's why I stocked up on ammo. I mean, I think 2017 to 2019, I mean, nine millimeter dropped down to 12 to 15 cents around. So, you know, once a month when, you know, again, aim right up the street, we put nine or five, five, six, on sale i'd go buy a case and two or three months later i was buying another case and i'd go to the range you know every other week and shoot two or three hundred rounds and you know it was i wasn't going through it so when 2020 when covid all this happened it was hey i'm i'm sitting nice i don't have to go spend 40 50 60 cents now i mean granted a, a month ago i found brass nine millimeter for 60 cents around and i bought a case of it i mean overpriced but it kind of refilled what i shot you know the last six seven months but what what i've been doing is just i go out with like two or three mags and i'll do one mag of deliberate slow fire try to make as tight of a group as i can And that's the mag that I'm working on fundamentals. I'm working on my grip, my sight picture, my trigger squeeze, my breathing, all of that, trying to make that mag as tight as possible. Then I'll go through a mag where I'm drawn from concealment, trying to get on target and go as fast as I can and still get good shots. And then my next mag is just play. And I might do, I want to see how fast I can do a Mozambique. Bang, bang, bang. Okay, I'm really sucky at that. I need to try that again. Bang, bang, bang. Okay, I'm still really sucky because I'm throwing the headshot. But I'll play with only one mag. And I will work with two and play with one. That's roughly what I've been doing since all this happened. And I'll only go once a month and do that instead of going every other weekend or whatever. Of course, I've also had a lot of extra hobbies prop up this, you know, this past year on me as well between going skydiving and kayaking and canoeing and backpacking and now i've bought a 1948 willis jeep that i'm restoring so did you pick up skateboarding too i i started doing it again i didn't really pick it up i used to do it and now i'm just doing it again and i thought i had a lot of hobbies (laughs) well it's it's (laughs) 
it's not necessarily hobbies as much as what what started all of that is a couple of years ago, uh, my dad was diagnosed with cancer, had colon cancer. And it came up out of the blue, no warning, uh, went to the doctor, surgery. They removed seven inches of his colon. Everything went back together good. Everything was going fine. All right, now you need to do chemo. And uh, the chemo that they had him on literally almost killed him. He survived the surgery. Everything was fine. The chemo was just destroying his body. And I watched who has always been and who I've always thought of as the strongest man in the world, literally being eaten alive by this chemical. And uh, it just, it made me decide not anymore, not for me. I'm not going to waste it. You know, if, if, if it can take him, it can take me. And it's sad to be in your forties and to finally realize that, Hey, you know, this can happen to you too. But at the same time, how lucky am I that I was in my forties that it took that long before it came up and said, Hey, this could happen to you too. Uh, luckily they switched it. He finished his treatments and he's been cancer free for two years. You know, everything could not have turned out better than it was, but it was, it was watching my Superman get hit that hard and watching, you know, the, the guy that, that I've always looked up to, almost be taken down and maybe that had something to do with the whole reason of why I'm looking at stuff more realistically as well but I know for a fact that that's the reason why I have and why I do so much you know people online I'll I'll post I'm going on a hike I'll post a couple of pictures or whatever and some of the guys in the group are like man I wish I could do that dude you just gotta freaking do it just do it there's nothing stopping you but you well, I got a wife and a kids and that that's an excuse. I've got a wife. I've got kid. I got grandkids. I've got, you know, freaking 15 employees that I'm responsible for. I've got over 400 miles of road I'm responsible for. I'm got a phone call and, you know, I am on call 24, seven, 365. It doesn't matter what time it is. I get a phone call. Hey, you got a tree blocking the road. I got to stop and go, or I've got to send someone to go. So this, I'll, I'll do it later. I don't want to do it. It's, it's you. It's not, you know, there, there are certain circumstances where maybe there's some special need that your family needs. And I don't mean to downplay that for those that have those situations. But for the average person, you know, I, I work, I go to the gym three days a week, and I still have time to work on this Jeep. I still have time to to go shooting. I still have time because I make the time because I work the time. You know, I work over 40 hours a week, every week. And I still do this because I make the time I make it work because I don't want, it was, I think Tim Kennedy. And I know a lot of people don't like Tim Kennedy because of some gun shit he said, but Tim Kennedy, I believe is who said it. He said, you're born, you get to do some shit and then you die. And that is the truth of it. You're born, you get to do a few cool things, and then you're dead. And that's it. So make as much of those cool things happen that you can. I like to think I've lived a, a you know pretty, pretty wild life so far. I mean, I've served the military overseas. I 
have skateboarded in local competition. I've went shooting with famous people. I've had coffee with, you know, other famous people. And, you know, I, I did cage fighting. How many people can say I locked myself in a cage with somebody? I spent a year of my life training three nights a week in the gym, getting beat up by younger people. I was 32 years old fighting a 19 year old kid in the cage. I mean, you've got to make the time you have to do you. So that's the reason why I have all of these hobbies is because I get to be here for a little while. I get to do some cool shit and then I'm going to die. Yes. That'll bring you back to reality. Getting punched in the face. <laughs> yeah. It's a different experience. A lot of people don't know what that's like. I have found out that people do not know what it's like to be punched in the face. And I don't think that you can fully trust yourself until you have been punched mm -hmm. in the face. I think and I mean, people not, need it. And, and, and not like, you know, uh, there you go. I'm talking, you need to have someone who's like, dude, I want to try to knock you out. And you're like, dude, okay, but I'm going to try to knock you out too. <laughs> You, you need that. You need to feel that. You need to see what that's like. And that, you know, that kind of goes into how we were talking the other day about Kyle and how Kyle's been on your guys' show. You know, Kyle is doing some really good shit with his training and how he's bringing these people in a step at a time into how to become and what to expect. You know, the law enforcement guys, the mixed martial artists guys, the military guys, We've been hit. We've been hurt. We've been on the ground. We know what it takes for us to get back up. There's a whole lot of people who have never felt that. And I think a lot of people overestimate themselves because they haven't. And then there's even more people who underestimate themselves because they haven't. People are afraid of discomfort. People are afraid of getting hurt. A punch to the face and walking around with a black eye for a week, I think is a good thing. That's it. We're starting a fight club. <laughs> I'll help coach. I'm too old to get beat up. I just don't want to get punched in the face. So I'll watch. <laughs> well, I guess, uh, you know, we brought it up. Why don't you uh, tell us about the Jeep and where you're at with that? You know, people uh, that's followed that online and on your YouTube channel. Okay. Uh, quick little catch up for those who haven't as well. I bought a 48 Willis uh, CJ2A Jeep for multiple reasons. One, I've always wanted one. I've always thought that the, the Willie flat fender was really cool. Uh, when I was a kid at about four years old, actually probably three years old, my dad had a Ford Jeep. A lot of people forget about the fact that during World War II, Ford made Jeeps. And uh, he had a ford 1942 jeep that had a, a bullet hole all the way through it, a 50 cal bullet hole all the way through the rear end it went right above the the where the uh, spare tire would be mounted on like the cj2a but it it went in one fender and out the other so it had actually been shot by a 50 cal and i always thought that was really cool and then you know i decided okay i want I want something. What do I want? I can build a motorcycle, which I still really want a cafe racer. I think the freaking like a 1970s 
Triumph Bonneville or Triumph Commando or uh, something like that, I think would be a sweet, sweet bike. It's like I could build something like that, but then it's just me. I, I, you know, that's all I can take is just me. It's like, okay, I do have a granddaughter. I do have a wife. So I kind of need to think about other people as well. I've always liked these Jeeps. I could find one and build one. And I'm not going to do like a full restore. I'm not also going to do like a resto mod where I change it all up. I'm just going to basically get it run and, and then I'm going to drive it. And the reason why is I just think it's cool. Also, it's going to have zero electronics. It has absolutely nothing in it that could be attacked or go bad if we had that EMP or mm -hmm. whatever. I mean, it's, if you've got three things, it will run. If it has fire, if it has air, and if it has fuel, it will run. That's all you need. So it's a very simple, very straightforward system. So I ended up finding this 1948 for sale about an hour and a half from my house. The good thing, one of the, the biggest selling points on it is it actually had a 1948 Willis title with it. So I will be able to title it and put it on the road without having to go through a whole bunch of hoops and trying to prove that I actually own it and that it's not stolen, that there's not a lien on it, which it can be a big deal. I mean, it can take you several hundred dollars and several months to get a title. So uh, I bought it, brought it home. Uh, it came with two motors, two transmissions and two transfer cases, which is basically the heart and guts of it. Uh, but they all needed rebuilt. So the motor right now is at the machine shop being machined and rebuilt. Uh, basically going to get it back is what they call a long block. And for those of you who don't know, that's just basically the block with all the guts inside of it. It won't have the water pump. It won't have the distributor. It won't have the oil pump. It won't have the fuel pump. It won't have all any of that on. So I'm going to, I've, I've been slowly buying those parts and setting them back so that when I do get the motor in, I can slowly start putting these pieces on. I rebuilt the transmission uh, two weekends ago, three weekends ago, maybe it's a, uh, a T90 three speed. It's a pretty simple transmission. I would highly recommend if you're new to rebuilding stuff, rebuild one of those because it's super simple. Uh, the hardest part on it is getting your needle bearings lined up, but there's a couple of guys online who will show you a couple of hacks on how to make that better. I've got my transfer case totally disassembled and I've got the rebuild kit for it. I just have to quit being lazy and actually rebuild it, but I'm not in a big hurry because I don't have the motor yet. So it doesn't matter if I rebuild it this weekend or next weekend or the weekend after I looked at this as more of a long-term project. It's something I can throw money at when it's available. And if I don't have it, it's just taking up some space in my garage. I mean, it's not a big deal. But I'm really looking forward to the day I can put it on the road. And uh, my plans on driving for it is going to be basically, you know, I, I stated before I live up in the Ozark National Forest. Uh, we got a lot of old Jeep trails. And then we've also got just a lot of really good old back roads that you can just go and cruise around. So I'm just going to take it cruising in the woods, camp out of it, you know, drive up to a camp spot and, camp out of the back of it and, you know, hang my hammock up and be 
be ready to go in the morning and get in it and drive back home. Also going to use it as like a little grocery getter. I'm about about 20 miles from my nearest Walmart, nearest grocery store. So be a nice little, you know, Sunday drive, 20 miles with the windshield down and my hair blowing in the breeze. <laughs> You're very aerodynamic. Yes, I'm very aerodynamic. <laughs> I'll probably whistle. <laughs> when it's done, it ought to be about a 20-year vehicle. It ought to give me about 20 years problem-free everything's getting rebuilt uh the front end and rear end the front differential rear differential they're good uh i do need to replace uh bearings uh in the front end but that's just a matter of taking it apart and putting it in i've got to redo every single thing on the brakes because it's been setting so long everything's froze up uh plus a 1948 jeep only has drum brakes all the way around. A lot of people don't even know what drum brakes are anymore. You've got to be pretty careful on setting those up because you do it wrong. One might grab harder than the other and it might pull. Uh, if you don't have them adjusted right, you won't stop. And if you have them adjusted too tight, you're going to burn them up and literally catch fire. So I'm guessing you're going to leave those alone and not upgrade. To start out with, I'm going to leave them alone. Uh, there is a couple of uh, ways that you can upgrade to uh, disc brakes. Uh, they make some conversion kits. Uh, basically, everything from like a 1972 Chevy will fit, but it's about $700 per axle to do that. So uh, to start out with, I will just be running the original drum brakes. And like I said, for for going around up in the mountains and for going to Walmart, as long as I kind of have them adjusted and which if I can rebuild the transmission, I feel pretty confident that I can adjust the brakes. So. I mean, we're uh, about the same age. I'm sure you've done a brake kit on a drum brake before. Yeah. More than once. <laughs> not, I've, I've done. Not fun. It's, it's not bad. I mean, it is way easier on, on discs. Don't get me wrong, but. I had a 73 Volkswagen that I had to do the brakes on all the time. I had a 69 Volkswagen van that I had to do the brakes on all the time. You know, I've always owned older vehicles. My current vehicle right now, I drive around, you know, I, I get a company vehicle and my company vehicle, I get to go to and from work, but I don't get to do any extracurricular activities in that vehicle. So I get to drive it while I'm at work. I get to take it to and from work and it saves me a ton of money and I'm very thankful for it. But no extracurricular activities and it kind of sucks. But all that aside, my current vehicle right now, I drive a 91 F-150. I don't need something new. I don't need the fanciest thing. My Ford is a crap bucket, but it gets me everywhere I need to go. I can go to the range in it. You know, if it breaks down, it's not that big of a deal because I don't have that much money in it. I've owned it for like six years. And counting the purchase price of the vehicle and everything I've done to it, it's cost me about $600 a year to own that truck. So I plan on kind of the same thing with the, the Jeep. The Jeep will end up costing me more than the truck. Uh, it's looking like right now, between motor transmission, transfer case, and purchasing the Jeep, I'll be probably pretty close to about three, three to four grand. And then I've still got everything else I need to do to it. And that's still not that bad for a 
restoring, you know, an old Jeep like that. Yeah. And it's, you know, I don't want to say restoring because I'm not actually restoring it. You know, I am going to have the 1948 freaking body on it. I'm going to have the crap paint on it that it's got, you know, I mean, I'm not, it's very patinaed and that's how it's going to stay. But <laughs> I, I actually, before I bought it, I looked everything up and you can basically, if you have a good frame, you can basically build one for about $15,000 and have everything new. So for about the price of half of a new Jeep now, you could have a totally brand new, I'm talking brand new body, you know, brand new gears, brand new rebuilt transmission, rebuilt transfer case, rebuilt motor, everything for about 15 grand. I mean, honestly, that's, that's not bad, but I mean, for what you're doing, that's more fun. I'll, I'll probably be more, I'll probably be more in the five to 6,000 range when I'm done. Uh, and then over time, you know, who knows where I'll end up with it. Uh, I might decide to do something fancy or I might decide to do like a, there's a guy on uh, YouTube. I think his name's Stan Fuller is his channel, but his Jeep is called grandpa's Jeep. And, uh, him and his buddies go out. He has a 48 CJ2A just like mine. And his is basically all original. He's done very little to it. His grandpa bought it new and gave it to him uh, when he died. So it's, it's had been a hard lived 48 years. The guy lives up in like Utah and in that area. And he's always up on like Moab and stuff, making videos. It's a really, really cool channel. If you're into that sort of thing, I recommend checking it out. Well, I think at this point we've gotten... I think this is probably our longest episode so far, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good content. Sorry, I talked. No, oh no! Tell everybody, <laughs> tell everybody else they're welcome for your content. So <laughs> you make up for me not talking a lot. Yeah. Oh no! These, these are the good ones. They just they just kind of just kind of happen. Yeah, they just happen and they just kind of flow and just kind of make yourself. So that's the good thing about like you know the like how joe rogan does his stuff where they just talk right. and that's why he's the number one podcast i mean because it's it's interesting you get to hear people who might be a freaking comedian one day and might be a rocket scientist the next and they mm -hmm. just talk well but yeah so i guess before we get out of here uh, remind everybody where they can find you. I think you said you're under a thousand. So let's try and get you over that, over that hump. Uh, I am Arkansas outdoors channel. I did have a Patreon, but I canceled it. I just, I, I had very few followers and the ones who are following. Thank you very much. I'd greatly appreciate it, but I felt like I was taking advantage of you guys. Maybe, maybe down the road, I might bring it back. I was doing a lot of like, you know, behind the scenes stuff and mm -hmm. you know just post and stuff for patreon but i said i just i still felt like i was taking advantage of my friends because it was basically only my friends that were on oh, there okay. so i just i felt bad so thank you all of you who are listening all of you who took the time to help support me when i tried greatly appreciate it uh maybe i'll come back and do it again but i just wanted to say thank you to those who did but arkansas outdoor channel uh on youtube also i'm on facebook all the time and the wasted ammo group 
um, also on the Wasted Ammo Discord, just under Bo Bowles. So you can find me there. And if you're really good at Google, you can find a video of me fighting, but you'll have to be good at it. It's on there somewhere. Uh, me cage fighting. That sounds like a challenge. Maybe we'll have to find it. See if it's, we can re release it when this comes out. It's um, it's some really crappy camera work. It yeah. was recorded with like a potato. So <laughs> it was seriously recorded with like an early cell phone video from, I don't know, probably probably close to 10, 10 to 12, 10 years ago, probably. So if you're good at Facebook or not Facebook, if you're good at Google, you might be able to find that. Uh, but that's that's where you can find me. You still have a Discord channel, correct? Yes, still have a Discord channel for uh, the uh, Ozark Outdoors channel. Uh, it's been pretty quiet because, like I said, once I canceled the uh, the Patreon, I quit posting so much in there. But you can always join that, and we can meet up in there if you've got anything you want to talk to me about or send me a message on Facebook. I'm, my shit's all open. I'm, I'm an open book. Anything you want to know, I'll tell you. I'm nothing fancy. I'm nothing special. I'm just a guy on the internet. I mean, I'll attest to that. I've uh, I've hit you up on rebuilding my AK and and various other stuff. Which, by the way, turned out good. I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad oh, I, I talked you into it. I, I I love it. I mean, it wasn't that hard of a sell, but you know, I was kind of wanting <laughs> to do that anyway. But I it's it's fantastic. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad you like it. I'm, I'm glad to to have been a little bit of help, even though I'm you know eight 12 hours away from you so oh you were a big but help I'll, I'll help anybody any way i can i mean i just i don't know I'm, I'm nothing special but if i'm there to where i can help you just let me know great sounds good well yeah. thanks bo uh, no problem thank you guys for having me on and listening to me yet for an hour or whatever oh. it's been oh no i'm sure you can come back and update us on your your, your your journey and your 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 rebuild and everything else you seem to be a guy that has a lot going on so i'm sure like you said you want to you want to push that good information out so uh, we're, we're looking for that okay that'd be great i, I will be having uh, a follow-up video coming out soon on my channel on my uh, plate carrier uh most recent plate carrier I've got a video in the works for uh, and my new everyday carry gun, which is me uh, switching over to carrying a 1911 and the reasons kind of why and how and all of that. And then I've got a good chance, still working the deal, but I've got a good chance at uh, having a pretty neat video coming up on some everyday carry gear that might change, might change what you're doing. So nice. I'm still working with the company. I can't say anything yet, but it's a pretty, it's a pretty innovative product. Not a lot of people are doing videos on it right now. So, okay. uh, but it, it could possibly change uh some of your guys mind on your everyday carry so nice well let us let us know um who knows by the time this comes out you might have already gotten most of that stuff out but definitely keep in touch let us know and we'll push it i will page, do on the page to everybody so that way they can they can all join in on that and you know just you know 
any information, as long as it's good information, that's we're, we're, we're more than willing to get it out there to everybody. That's, that's why, why this is, we're keeping it going. So, yeah. Well, I don't know how much good information I put out, but I'll put some <laughs> shit out there for you. As long it as might you're not, not be good. As long as you're not suggesting weird stuff to Google, but we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so. oh, it, that was that was bizarro world. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll keep the rating on this one down. We won't get too far into that one. So I, I was watching. And I was like, "Hey, Gun Bunny." what the hell that's not a gun bunny if you don't know that's what we're talking no moon, about that's a space station yeah if nobody knows what we're talking about it was on the discord so <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't know you probably don't want to yeah that's probably <laughs> possible too so well before we close this out dave you have anything no i think i'm good i think we covered a lot yeah we did so all right well with that i guess we're all good. Can't wait for the next one. Uh, thanks to everybody for joining us. Like Bo said, check his stuff out, follow him, help him out, start getting that, that information going. And as always, you can guys, everybody can find us on the Facebook wasted ammo page. Uh, and also we have the wasted ammo gaming. If you have that, that time or that, that preference uh summertime i think a lot of people are more outdoors now but once some of us people that have weather it gets cold i think the uh the activity in that that page will will pick up but hop on there let us know what you play what you're on and uh go ahead and just start making those those groups for those teams for whatever it is that you guys play so with that thanks for listening and we will talk to all of you on the next one. Take it easy. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it.